This is Construction Law Today, the podcast of the American Bar Association's Forum on Construction Law. Construction Law Today is a podcast about current topics in American construction law. Your host for Construction Law Today is Buzz Tarlow. Welcome to Construction Law Today. This is a brand new project of the American Bar Association's Forum on Construction Law. Over the course of our next several podcasts, I'll be interviewing a number of prominent practitioners in the area of construction law. We welcome your comments and questions about the podcast. Please let us know if you like it, if you find it useful, or any other thoughts you have on how we can improve the podcast. The contact information for Construction Law Today is provided at the end of this podcast. Welcome and thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. The subject of this episode is shop drawings. Joining me today is a guest I think you'll very much enjoy hearing from. His name is Stephen Hess. He's a partner in the law firm of Sherman and Howard in their Colorado Springs office. Good morning, Stephen, and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Buzz. Thank you for inviting me. Why don't we begin today by having you tell us just a little bit about your legal experience and what your law practice is. I've been practicing just over three decades, and a substantial majority of that has been in the field of construction law. I generally represent general contractors and um, larger subcontractors, although I've represented almost every imaginable party at one point or another. I've been at Sherman and Howard for about a decade now, and I'm in the Colorado Springs office at the base of Pikes Peak. We have offices all over the Rocky Mountains, and my practice, as a practical matter, takes me all around the country. In addition, because I'm in Colorado Springs, which is the home of the U.S. Olympic Committee, I have a smaller niche practice in the area of international and Olympic sports law, which keeps me entertained and traveling around the world when I'm not doing construction law. Stephen, you have a great reputation for service to the construction law industry. Tell us a little bit about your involvement with the ABA Forum over the years. That's very kind of you to say that. My wife would say it's because I have a high sense of liking to hear myself talk. I got involved in the Forum a couple decades ago, and my special interest is in teaching and writing as well as in speaking. And so over the course of the years, I began by editing a book on design, professional law, and construction management law, eventually worked my way into other publications and became the associate editor and eventually the editor of the construction lawyer. And I have contributed to a number of books by writing individual chapters. My most recent endeavor for the forum has been with its textbook, which is entitled Construction Law, which is part of the marketing genius of the forum. And the Construction Law is a canonical textbook, the best textbook that exists for construction law for law school students. I'm one of the editors and I've written a couple chapters and we're looking forward to publishing a new version of Construction Law in just a few months. Well, thanks so much for being so involved in the forum. Let's get down to our subject matter today, and let's start from the beginning. Just what is a shop drawing? Well, Buzz, a design professional drafts 
plans and specifications that show what the contractor is obligated to build. And by design professionals, it's either an architect for most types of occupied buildings or an engineer for civil buildings, civil projects, you know, wastewater treatment plants, bridges, things like that. So the design professional drafts plans and specifications, sends them to a contractor who cuts the plans and specifications into discrete portions of work and then dishes them out to specialty subcontractors. And I'll use as an example the structural steel fabricator. When the structural steel fabricator gets the plans and specifications, they don't actually show every single detail of the work within the scope of structural steel. So the steel fabricator, specialized staff, creates its own shop drawing, and that's what we're talking about. Drawings that are used within the structural steel fabricator's shop that flesh out all the details and guide the fabricator about how it's going to perform its work. These shop drawings, in essence, provide all the missing details that the subcontractor needs to complete the plans so that the subcontractor's peeps can do their work. So it's the, it's the expert in the field showing how he or she is going to get the project done. Exactly. That's exactly what the shop drawings are. So let's, let's talk about the ordinary case before we get into some of the legal issues. How does the typical process with shop drawings work? Typically, as I mentioned, a contractor divvies work up among subcontractors, and then each of the subcontractors create their own in-house drawings, and I'll just call them shop drawings, to facilitate their work. In many cases, the shop drawings don't actually go anywhere outside the subcontractor shop. But in some cases, in many cases, the shop drawings have to be submitted to the design professional, and we'll get to submittals in a bit. In which case, the subcontractor sends the shop drawings to the contractor, the contractor checks them to make sure that the work proposed is consistent with the plans and specs, and then the contractor sends them to the design professional for the design professional to review. The design professional then approves the shop drawings, approves it with notes or recommendations, or might even reject the shop drawings, and if the shop drawings are rejected, the submittal process starts all over. Once the drawings are finally approved, the subcontractor performs the work in accordance with its own shop drawings. Well, let's talk a little bit then about how these might fit in with the world of construction contracting. And, and let's start, you and I were talking a little bit before the podcast uh, today about the term contract documents. And I'm sure that's one that our listeners are familiar with, but what does that term mean? In common parlance, contract documents means basically any piece of paper that's related to a contract. But in the eyes of the law, and what's important for people in the construction industry to understand is contract documents as a phrase refer specifically to the documents that the parties decide are going to define their respective rights and obligations. And so in almost all cases for any sophisticated project, the parties agree up front about what the contract documents are. The main contract, general conditions, plans, specifications, change orders. Now, there's a little trap here for the uneducated, and that is that there are some very important obligations that are implied 
in construction contracts, meaning the law imposes them regardless of what the parties say. But for the most part, contract documents are those contracts, and they're limited to those contract documents that spell out what the parties have to do, and they bind the parties. Well, I guess that brings us then to the $64,000 question. Are shop drawings considered to be, quote, contract documents? The answer is no. They are not considered to be contract documents. That doesn't sound intuitively to make sense. In fact, it's counterintuitive, and that's exactly why the subject of shop drawings is so important. Contract documents are what the parties have agreed they're going to perform, and what the contractor has agreed to do is to satisfy the plans and specifications that the architect or engineer has issued. Shop drawings are not part of the plans and specifications. Shop drawings are just a way of communication from the subcontractor to the design professional about what the subcontractor intends to do. But the design professional doesn't review that and say, oh, this satisfies the plans and specifications. Instead, the design professional is entitled to assume that the work shown in the contract or in the shop drawings satisfies the plans and specifications, and the design professional doesn't, in fact, check that. It is the contractor's and subcontractor's responsibility, which means shop drawings are informational only. They're not part of the contract documents, and a subcontractor can't rely on approval to perform work. I have to tell you, Stephen, that bothers me, and the reason it does is that in particular construction contracts, the shop drawings can be a very substantial part of the project itself, can't they? In most contracts, they are. The reason that they're a very substantial part is not because they are intended to allow the design professional to tinker with the design or to approve changes or anything of the sort. Instead, you used a word that was pretty important early in talking about experts in the field being the subcontractors. Design professionals don't know all the nitty-gritty details about how work's going to get done, and so they allocate that responsibility to the subcontractors because they are the experts. I know it's counterintuitive to think shop drawings aren't part of the contract documents, but in fact, if you think about the subcontractors being experts, they're really the ones who are supposed to make sure that their ultimate construction is in accordance with the plans and specifications. It would be a little unusual for the experts, the subcontractors, to rely on the design professionals to say, oh, okay, well, this work is how it's supposed to go. It works the other way around. The design professionals are supposed to be able to say, well, you, subcontractor, you're the pros. We're going to assume that whatever you turn in to us satisfies our plans and specifications. Well, my initial reaction to that is then it's a little bit of buck passing as to who's the expert and who's not the expert. The design professional is the expert in what the design professional wants the project to be, the design concept. It's up to the individual subcontractors, though, to follow the plans and specifications as they're written out to the extent that they're written out and to make sure that their work conforms to those plans and specifications. It may seem counterintuitive, but that gap between what's actually shown in the plans and specs and what actually gets built 
isn't so much a gap in terms of design, but rather it's where the design professional leaves off and assumes that the professionals, the specialists, can pick up and build it so that the project at the end of the day satisfies the design professional's design concept. Okay, I get that theory. Are you telling me then that the approval by the design professional, even that approval still doesn't make the subcontract, the, the submittal part of the contract? That's exactly what I'm saying. And that, if you learn, or if the listener learns, I know you know this already, Buzz, but if the listener learns anything else from this seminar, the most important thing is that approval of shop drawings doesn't make shop drawings part of the contract. And the reason is simple. An architect's approval or engineer's approval is only intended to pass the shop drawings for design concept. They are not intended to approve the drawings or to stipulate that the drawings reflect work that's going to get built in accordance with plans and specifications. We'll take a short break now and be back with more Construction Law Today in just a moment. We're back with Construction Law Today. Our guest is Stephen Hess from the Sherman and Howard Law Firm in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The subject matter of our podcast is shop drawings. Stephen, before the break, you were making the important point and something that I think our listeners were particularly interested in hearing about, and that is that shop drawings are not considered to be contract documents under the kind of contracts uh, that we're used to dealing with in the construction industry. So if that's true, let me, let me ask you this question. What happens if a sub builds according to approved shop drawings, but there's some kind of defect or variation in the plans or the specs? In a nutshell, Buzz, the subcontractor has breached its obligation, and the contractor has breached its own obligation to the owner. Why? Well, remember that a contractor's fundamental obligation is to build in accordance with the contract documents, and that is the plans and specifications. Contractor passes that obligation on to its subcontractors and says, well, with regard to your scope of work, in this case, steel fabrication, you have an obligation to build in accordance with contract documents which encompass the plans and specifications. And if the subcontractor's work varies from the plans and specifications, it's a breach. It's the most fundamental breach of a subcontractor or contractor's obligation, which is to build in accordance with the plans and specifications. And the intuitive response, as you expressed, Buzz, is, well, wait a minute, I built it in accordance with shot drawings, and these shot drawings were approved. The legal response to that is, keep in mind, your obligation is to build in accordance with contract documents, and shot drawings aren't contract documents. And so the rejoinder is, well, yeah, but the architect or engineer approved them. Didn't that make them part of the official contract documents? And the answer is no because the intention of the approval process for shop drawings is not to allow the architect or engineer to verify that they're consistent with plans and specifications. 
Quite to the contrary, the architect or engineer is entitled to assume from the submission of the plan or from the submission of the shop drawings that the subcontractor and contractor have verified that they're consistent with the plans and specifications. And so the architect and engineer aren't there to make sure that the contractor and sub are doing their work in accordance with shop drawings. They're there to make sure that they do their work in accordance with plans and specs, but it's up to the subs and the contractors to make sure the shop drawings are kosher. Okay, I got to stop you there because that sounds to me like it's the subcontractor again basically getting screwed. Is that what's going on here? If the subcontractor understands its responsibility, the answer is no. It's not the subcontractor getting hosed. If the subcontractor doesn't build in accordance with plans and specs, then in some sense it's getting screwed only because it's breached the contract. But that's not unjust. As long as the subcontractor knows the rules up front, as long as the subcontractor knows whatever you put in the shop drawings, the contractor and the architect and engineer are going to assume that those are consistent with the plans and specifications. If they know that those are the rules of the game, then there's nothing immoral or improper about being bound by those rules. Uh, let me talk to you about this situation that I suspect comes up a fair amount of times. How about changes in shop drawings or modifications that are requested for whatever party? How do you deal with changes as they impact shop drawings? That's a great question, Buzz, because I don't want to make it sound like there's something pernicious about a subcontractor proposing changes to shop drawings. Very often that's exactly how it happens. Subcontractors are specialists. They often know a better way, a cheaper way, or a faster way to build something than what is shown in the official contract documents. Or they might want to propose a substitution. And there's nothing wrong with putting a substitution or a change in a shop drawing itself but what is important is if that's how the subcontractor is going to propose a change, instead of just passing it along as a run-of-the-mill shop drawing that the architect or engineer isn't going to spend a lot of time looking at, the proper way to handle it is for the subcontractor to say, look, I know that my shop drawing isn't consistent with plans and specifications, but I've got a better, cheaper, faster way to build it. And so take a look at my shop drawing. And if you like what I'm proposing, let's stick it into a change order. Then, if it goes through the change order process and gets approved, it becomes part of the contract documents. And so the work that varies from the specifications suddenly is consistent with it because it's become part of the plans and specifications through the change order process. Well, I mean, that sounds good, but let's think in, in practical terms. So let's say that the shop drawings get modified pursuant to someone's effort to value engineer, and they propose the faster, smarter, cheaper way to do it, and that proposal gets denied by the contractor or the owner. Then where are you? Well, a couple things. First of all, if the change order gets denied, then you have to rework the shop drawing so that you are building consistent with the plans and specifications. So the owner or the owner's rep, the design professional says, great idea, but we're not interested in it. 
you say to yourself, okay, now I have to go back to the drawing board and propose work in my shop drawings that's consistent. The second thing is you go out and get a beer or an iced tea and you toast yourself for having the foresight to bring this change to the design professional's attention. The alternative is if you don't know all these rules, you just submit this work. You don't indicate that it's changed. You build it and then you're buried in paperwork with the lawyers. If, on the other hand, you ask permission first and you don't get it, then you say, hey, it's good I asked. The old adage, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission, absolutely does not apply in the world of construction, <laughs> and especially in the world of whether you build in accordance with plans and specs. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here, Stephen, and, and here's a question that occurred to me as we're talking this through. Sometimes subs themselves do shop drawings, but sometimes they go to third parties. I'm thinking about, for example, a window supplier that might provide shop drawings to a sub. Are there distinctions in how these kinds of issues get handled when the party doing the shop drawings is someone remote from the contractual scheme? It depends at which level you're asking, Buzz. And so if you have somebody who's responsible for windows, who goes out to a fabricator, gets the shop drawings from the fabricator, passes them along um, through the contractor to the owner, and it turns out that the windows are just wrong, as between the subcontractor and the owner, it doesn't change the analysis at all. The subcontractor's still stuck. Just like a contractor is liable for its subcontractor's errors, the subcontractor is liable for whoever was fashioning the shop drawings for the windows. On the other hand, if there's a contract between the subcontractor and the person who's actually doing the shop drawings for the windows, it's vital that that subcontract tie the plans and specifications into the window fabricator in the sense that if the subcontractor says, look, fabricate these windows and they have to be consistent with plans and specs, and then they're not, it's a window fabricator's problem. If the subcontractor merely says, fabricate me a whole bunch of windows without reference to the owner's plans and specs, and then the windows don't work, then the subcontractor might really be in a world of hurt because it might not have a claim against the window fabricator. That makes me think a little bit about terminology. You know, sometimes we hear the term submittal. Is, is a submittal the same as a shop drawing, or does it have some difference, at least in terms of the way the law might view it? A submittal is a communication. It's a communication from the contractor to the owner. A shop drawing is a piece of paper that sets out a plan of work. And so at the outset of a job, the owner and the contractor agree on what shop drawings are going to get communicated. And the submittal process is just the communication of shop drawings. So in some sense, they're the same. That is, when you send in a submittal, what you're really submitting is a product sample or a shop drawing or something like that. But the submittal is a communication process. People often use them interchangeably. The one difference is that a submittal schedule that's usually called out in a contract details specifically what shop drawings have to be approved. So not every single shop drawing on a job goes through or becomes a submittal. Only those that the owner says, we really want to look, or 
design professional really wants to look at a particular set of shop drawings, then they go through the submittal process. Well, I'm curious a little bit about your experience in connection with claims that arise out of shop drawing issues. For example, I can certainly understand claims that arise from defective construction or, as we were talking before, about problems when uh, shop drawings are based on problems with the plans and specs. But what kind of other claims arise and, and how can we learn from those situations? A lot of the claims that arise arise because of timing and not because of defects in the shop drawings or the construction themselves, but because of delays. Keep in mind that approval of shop drawings is an integral part of the contract, and ordinarily a contractor and its subs are not permitted to engage in construction that's subject to the submittal process until the submittals have been approved. And so if the owner says, we need to see the steel fabrication shop drawings, then generally the steel can't be fabricated and the contractor can't start erection until the shop drawings have been approved. And that creates a really important time and logistical element. If the structural steel itself has a three-month lead time for fabrication, for example, and the contractor doesn't submit shop drawings until three months before erection, the contractor just bought an expensive delay claim because there's no way you can turn around shop drawings instantaneously. Similarly, if you're the contractor and you've planned your work well and you submit shop drawings five months in advance and the design professional doesn't return them until two months before erection is scheduled and then you still have to wait three months for fabrication. <clears throat> well, tell me about this then, Stephen. I, I think a lot of the points you made have been interesting and I know I've learned a lot. But tell me how to take some of this knowledge and help my clients. Give me a couple of takeaways. One of our responsibilities as attorneys is not merely to defend our clients when things go to Hades. It's to help them avoid problems in advance. And the problem with shop drawings occurs enough that I'm convinced that most contractors and subcontractors can do with a little bit of education. And so if you want to do a service to your client, spread the word about shop drawings. If you have a blog, write about it in your blog. Um, offer freebie in-house training. Send them a letter about a recent case concerning shop drawings and say, this may surprise you. Write for a local construction magazine that says shop drawings are often misunderstood. If you're relatively new to this process, and you don't want to inappropriately act like an expert when you don't quite understand it, do some search, do some work, call up some clients and say, you know, I'd like to sit down and talk about this shot drawing process because I'm a little new to construction, but this sounds fascinating. What do you guys do to avoid these problems? Where do you see problems arising? And what do you think your best practices are? And in that way, instead of just waiting until problems arise and you get a phone call, you can be more proactive in helping your clients out. We've been talking today with Stephen Hess from Sherman and Howard in Colorado Springs. Stephen, it's been interesting and informative. I really thank you for your time today. Thank you again for inviting me, Buzz. It's been very nice. I hope you have a great afternoon. You have been listening to Construction Law Today, the podcast of the American Bar Association's Forum on Construction Law. All rights relating to this podcast are owned and controlled by the American Bar Association. 
No reproduction or reuse of this podcast is permissible without the expressed written consent of the American Bar Association. For more information about construction law today, or if you have any questions or comments, you may contact our host, Buzz Tarlow, jtarlow at lawmt.com. Our podcast is produced with the assistance of Peak Recording Studios in Bozeman, Montana. Thank you for listening and look for our next edition of Construction Law Today.